Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time for this week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential Show here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Tonight's in-depth look at area high school basketball is powered by the Army ROTC at the University of Illinois, developing its students the skills they need to lead themselves and others to success. Now, here are your hosts, Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. Good evening, everybody. It's Colin Likas, Preps Coordinator of the News Gazette, and welcome to the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential Radio Show. Currently riding with Dave Leak. Jim Rosso is on assignment, and by on assignment, I mean he's driving back from Kentucky. He might actually be within range of the radio at this point. He might be listening to the show right now, if you are. Hello, Jim. Going to be joined later on on this show by Matt Daniels, sports editor of the News Gazette. Also going to hear from a few different coaches, uh, Oakwood boys basketball coach Jeff Mandrell, as well as Judah Christian boys basketball coach Bill Ipson. We have our latest top 10 girls and boys basketball rankings, as well as a new player of the week, spoiler alert, or teaser alert, from Champaign County. So that will give you an idea of where to look, what schools to think about, going into our Athlete of the Week discussion at the end of the show. We're going to kick things off, though, with a pre-recorded interview from St. Joseph Ogden Girls Basketball. I was able to catch up with Ashlyn Lannert and Peyton Jacob of the Spartans. Currently at 13-6, and six, they were on a five-game win streak that was ended on Saturday at the hands of a really good Mattoon team. I talked with them about that loss and their many more wins earlier in the season. Glad to be joined now on the Prep Basketball Confidential Radio Show by Ashlyn Lannert and Peyton Jacob, two members of the St. Joseph Ogden girls basketball team, which is currently 13-6, and six, including wins in five of its last six games. Girls, thank you so much for being part of the show this evening. Yeah, it's good to be here. Well, I'll start off with you, Ashlyn. Uh, you guys, like I said, winners of five of the last six. Uh, most recently, though, lost to Mattoon over the weekend, a really quality Mattoon team. What did you guys take away from that game uh, that uh, that hopefully helps you throughout the rest of the second half of the season going into the postseason? Um, we definitely – the main thing that we focus on is we have a ton of turnovers. Like, we, I think we had 22 during that game, which is really bad. But um, going into that, it was a really big game for us, and it could have been a good win, and we know that. If we had less turnovers, then we could have won that game pretty easily. But going into the postseason, I think that we need to focus on taking care of the ball a lot more, and I think that we definitely emphasize that in the Mattoon game this weekend. And Peyton, leading up to that game, you guys were, were on a hot streak, and that had followed a, a tough stretch for you guys where you went uh, two and four over a six-game stretch in December. Then you won those five in a row. How important has this win streak, this recent win streak, been for your guys' confidence and what you're trying to accomplish here? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, I think even with the loss against Mattoon, we still have a lot of momentum uh, going forward. I don't think it was like the end of the hot streak in the sense that um, we still have a lot of that confidence because that was a game that um, I don't think anybody really expected us to to win or to do well in, but we really competed. And um, without those turnovers, we would have, we were would have won that game, I would say. So we just um, – but, yeah, we really competed, and I think that we still have a lot of that confidence just to, like, see what we can do and against that team that proved that we can hang with them, I guess. And, Ashlyn, just looking at you guys' schedule as a whole, I mean, loaded up with, with tough opponents. You started off early on with Tri-County. You played Paris, Tuscola, Muhammad, uh, Tutopolis. The list just goes on and on, and that doesn't even take into account the Illini Prairie. Uh, how prepared do you guys feel, Ashlyn, for the the postseason? I know there's still several games to go before the postseason, but how much has this regular season schedule helped get you guys ready for what you want to accomplish later? Um, I think it has been really good playing all the teams that 
have better, better competition than us. We have been kind of looked down on and not favored in those games, which we're working on getting better and think that those games are really good for us. And going to the postseason, we need those games to kind of boost our confidence. Like, T-Town, we're definitely going to see, hopefully, in the postseason. And looking at that Mattoon game, they lost by eight, I think, to them, and we only lost by ten. And we know that our T-Town game was not good at all. We had a very poor performance. But I think that playing all these games and against better opponents than us is going to help us a lot in the postseason and kind of give us confidence in that we can beat these teams. Now, Peyton, I, I know I mentioned the Mattoon game earlier. Beyond that game, is there any other single game this season you guys look at as kind of a maybe a defining game for you guys so far? So coming up, we're going to be playing in the IPC Sangamon County. I don't remember what it's called, but like <laughs> out. Um, and we're playing Pena, so it's the exhibition or like the best game at the end of the um, at the end of the day. And we're really excited about that one because Pena is a really good team, as most people know. And so just to go out and um, just like prove that we're there for a reason and hopefully get a win um, going into that one is a really big game and it would definitely be a big momentum. Um, shift as well. That's just the one that we've talked about most recently. The Illini Prairie uh, Sangamo shootout is what uh, Peyton's referring to there. It's going to be in Williamsville on the uh, 29th of January. Should be a fantastic final matchup it sounds like. And uh, talking with St. Joseph Hawking Girls basketball players Ashlyn Lannert and Peyton Jacob. And Ashlyn, just focusing on uh, your guys' play this season, one thing I noticed looking at your guys' box scores, you guys are capable as a group of just going off on three-point shooting binges. Uh, were you guys expecting to be such a quality team shooting beyond the arc? Uh, how has that come together? Well, I definitely didn't think – I thought we were going to have a lot of inside, you know, with Taylor Wells, Peyton, and a bunch of our other post players. I thought that inside shots were definitely going to be our main scoring point. But I think a few of us, I know that we have a very – a big team that can all make a lot of outside shots, and I think that all of us really put in the work to be able to do that. And having a bunch of us that can do that really, really helps us. I definitely wasn't expecting it, and I know that some of my teammates probably weren't, but I think that us being really good from outside of the three is really going to help us in the postseason. And Peyton, what is there maybe a biggest thing or two biggest things that you guys are really trying to to improve on here over the next few weeks? Uh, Is there anything that comes to mind for you guys, whether it's offense, defense, or, or anything? Uh, yeah, Ashlyn definitely touched on it. We're really focusing on just value, valuing every possession. And um, and then the other thing, I guess, is just, just, like, reminding ourselves that every possession is important, but then, like, doing the little things, I think, is another thing. Like, every little thing that we do, every ball that we dive after, every um, time that we shoot it is important. So just, like, being more mindful of uh, taking good shots and then just, yeah, keeping you're taking care of the ball are the two big things, I feel like. Now, Ashlyn, uh, one other thing about this team is that you guys are uh, under the direction of a first-year coach, Andrew Ortega. He's a St. Joe guy himself. What what has it been like working under uh, Coach Ortega? Uh, how do you feel he has also helped this team get to where it is? Um, he is definitely a tough coach. He is um, military, so he's very strict. He definitely makes us put in the work, and it's been really – you can see, like, last year we had – uh, pretty. It wasn't a terrible season, but it definitely was not one of our best. And I think this year we really came out and had a kind of unexpected turnout. And I think that he really helped us, kind of motivate us and push us to be, like, the best that we possibly can. Um, first year he is working out some kinks, but I know that he's a good coach and he will continue to be a good coach. And I think that he's really helped us this year. Peyton, does it do something, does it add something to you guys to know you're being coached by somebody who graduated from St. Joseph Ogden who who knows about the importance of basketball and sports to that community? Does, does having a coach like that uh, add something to, to the game for you guys? Yeah, I definitely think it does. Um, the main thing that we, like the saying we focused on this year a lot is leave your legacy. And, like, that, that has, like, a lot of meanings for us. But one of the cool things is, like, um, coach is a legacy of St. Joe and so um, kind of like the way we play is kind of just a reflection of like the pride that he has in our school and then us just like trying to have that that same pride and like show um, how much pride we have in being a Spartan and um, I think it just kind of gives us like a little bit of motivation yeah like motivation behind us and kind of put the chip on our shoulder that we're Spartans and have that on our across our chest is kind of cool so 
I like that. And uh, looking forward here, uh, you guys are going to be visiting St. Thomas More tonight for an Illini Prairie rivalry game. Uh, Ashlyn, uh, this this recording will will play before that game happens. So, <laughs> what are some of the keys to that game in order for you guys to get back on the winning track and to get another conference victory? Uh, I just think that we need to go in it with level heads, kind of really focus in and get done what we need to get done and get out. I think that um, we sometimes go into games kind of with high heads and thinking that, oh, we're going to win this, blah, 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 but then we kind of fizzle out with all that not being humble. And so I think that going in tonight that we just need to keep a level head, get done what we need to get done, do all the little things like Peyton said, and just get in, get out, get back on our streak, get going. And Peyton, this team obviously capable and wanting to get some postseason hardware having you look forward here a little bit, but uh, why and how important is it for you guys to have the opportunity to compete for the postseason again, to compete for regional sectionals and, and what have you after what happened last season? The postseason will just be a chance to, to prove ourselves because last year wasn't um, our best year. Um, but also there's quite a few of us that were, quite a few of us seniors that were on the team uh, freshman year that was able to play um, and get third in state. And so we kind of, we know, um, what that was like and we really want it and we want to go we want to go out that way at Redbird and so it would just be really awesome to uh, be able to start it the same way or end it the same way it started Um, so yeah that's what I'm looking forward to and the reason that I really want to get there. Ashlyn Leonard and Peyton Jacob St. Joseph Ogden girls basketball players you can catch them tonight over at St. Thomas More in an Illini Prairie game girls thanks again for being part of the show and good luck throughout the rest of the season. Thank you thank you thanks for having and that was Ashlyn Lannert and Peyton, Peyton Jacob, excuse me, of the St. Joseph Ogden girls basketball team. Thanks again for them to joining me on the show. Talked with them a little bit after covering the uh, Illinois men's basketball game today, which was uh, certainly an experience. Uh, speaking of St. Joe and Illinois basketball, saw Ty Pence at State Farm Center, as well as Ty Rogers, Illinois signee Ty Rogers, but Ty Pence, uh, St. Joseph Ogden Jr., Holds an offer from Illinois men's basketball. Saw him very close to the floor today watching the game, and he got to see a thriller, even though Illinois ultimately lost to Purdue earlier today. Well, we're going to take our first break here on the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential Radio Show. When we come back, I promised you Matt Daniels, but I got you a Jim Rosso instead. So we're going to hear from Jim and uh, roll on with the show. This week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. We're at the uh, WDWS studios. Dave Leak, Colin, like I said, I'm Jim Rosso, and I'm late. <laughs> Jim Rosso used a spaceship to get back mm. here in time. How fast he was Headed. coming back. Drive a daughter, Kitty Rosso, down to college. She's back, Western Kentucky. How about that? The Hilltoppers. Got to follow along your fine work today on uh, on the phone, Colin, while driving Appreciate down there. Appreciate that. I'm glad I could provide some updates. I got a, I got a shout-out post-game from uh, Marcus Jackson. Did you? Illinois beat writer himself. Right. So that makes me feel good. Great to see uh, Colin doing good work. Hope the high school crowd uh, fights for you, all right? <laughs> Says, no, Colin, don't go cover the University of Illinois. We need you on the high school beat. You do such a bang-up job. Well, they, uh, if, as, long as, they, uh, as long as they don't tear me apart, they, they can fight <laughs> for me all they want. But, uh, yeah, the high school beat's got plenty of exciting stuff going on right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear from a couple more coaches later in the show, uh, Oakwood's Jeff Mandrell and Judah Christian's Bill Ipsen. We'll unveil our top tens. The girls won here shortly, uh, and the boys won to follow, but... Yeah, busy week uh, over the weekend. Uh, you mentioned to me on Sunday all the prep highlights that were in Saturday. Well, mm-hmm. Sunday's paper, I should say, that I wrote on Saturday. Um, conference basketball tournaments are rare to go. County as well, Vermilion County. That's where Colin Likas is headed this weekend, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Over to Danville. Always a fun time. that uh, mm-hmm. They do their county tournament right yes. at Palmer Arena. And, uh I'm glad you get a chance to head over there. Yeah, it was a bummer not having that tournament around, as, long, as, well, as well as many other events last school year. But that tournament is one of the more special ones. It's been running for many, many decades. Involves some of the area's oldest high schools. You know, you think of your Westfields and your Georgetown schools that have been around for um, much longer than I have. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty fun stuff. Um, Oakwood, Oakwood coach Jeff Mandrell, obviously his team is over there. 
Uh, going to talk with him about just playing at David S. Palmer Arena. Um, you know, I saw some pictures over the weekend from the first round games on Saturday, the pool play games. Uh, they didn't take down the hockey boards this year. So okay. the uh, the hockey boards are still up. Fans are looking as if they're in a hockey arena at a basketball game. It's a little bit of a, a different look. I've been clamoring for this for a number of years. We need a Champaign County tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we can pull it off next year. Maybe a Macon County tournament for Dave Lee. Uh, yeah. Kind of bring back the memories. Yeah, we, uh, they, they do have a Macon County tournament. We just don't have a ton of local teams in it. It's okay. just uh, For us, it's just uh, Cerro Gordo, Bement, and Argenta. Oriana are the only teams that compete. Uh, and Argenta's had a little bit of a down year in boys and girls basketball. Cerro Gordo, though, looking uh, pretty good, uh, especially the boys. Connor Brown scores 30 to 40 points a game. The Broncos, uh, who just may be part of our latest boys' top 10 rankings, picked up uh, a game against Taylorville, a much bigger school over the weekend. Didn't win. But they had an opening because of a COVID cancellation. They said, you know what? We'll, we'll test ourselves, and maybe that pays dividends when they get to the postseason. If you go to News Gazette Instagram, you saw a picture of Taylorville's ultra-cool gym. Oh, yeah. uh, we're in the process of collecting photos of 753 high school gyms <laughs> uh, in advance of the uh, return of the state tournament. Kind of a neat feature Matt Daniels is looking to uh, coordinating. That should be interesting, as well as uniforms from all the teams. I'm going to put Colin Likas on the spot, okay. though, with Dave Leak's approval. <laughs> all right, it's, we're in mid-January, that six weeks away from the, the postseason. Colin, who's your player of the year? Ooh, let's see. Well, on the boys' side, obviously Jalen Quinn was the reigning player, or is the reigning player of the year, I should say. He won it last season out of Tuscola, so I would have to say he's definitely one of the favorites. Uh, Ty Pence, the work he has done for that St. Joseph Ogden boys team, they would not be anywhere close to where they are. Not to diminish the rest of the team, but Ty Pence is just that kind of player. He totally changes everything that you do and your opponents have to do against you. I think those two are kind of the front runners right now. There's a lot of good boys athletes that could vie for that honor. Uh, The girls' side, that's that's even more challenging, I think. Um, You know, Muhammad Seymour's had a great season, but it's really hard to nail down one player from that team who you could classify as a player of the year. Um, I know over in Clinton, Mallory Cyrillic has had a fantastic season uh, for the Maroons, as she has throughout her high school career. Um, You know, Unity's having a great season. St. Joe's having another good season. Arthur is having a good season. All three of those programs I just listed, though, you have like four, five, six players Mm -hmm. who are equally contributing. I think this girls race is going to be one of the hardest player of the years to to pick in recent memory for me. As we do for players of the year, a lot depends on how far these teams advance uh, in the postseason. Mm -hmm. Uh, No lie. If your team does well, there's a better chance you might get some notoriety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's just uh, the way it goes. And, uh, you know, one of the things we look at is uh, a player's uh, impact on the team and, and how the team fares as the season goes on. You know, if a player's scoring, 35, 40 points a game, and the team goes 0-25, you know, they had a great impact, but it ultimately comes down to wins and losses. And, uh, you know, not everything's about winning, but in the case of being the player of the year of a newspaper, it's got a lot to do with winning. You, you better win some games in order to, to become a, an athlete of the year, a player of the year. That's one of the neat things we get to do. Those will be coming out uh, after the season's uh, finish. Also, Coach of the Year is the other big award. Yeah. Colin, who you leaning toward this yeah. early? Yeah, Coach of the Year, that's uh, that's another tough one. I know last season we went with Jeff Mandrell from Oakwood on the boys' side, um, and his team is having once again another phenomenal season. Uh, you look at, uh, on the girls' side, you look at uh, Garrett Risley from Muhammad. He's in his second year with that program. He's got those girls playing extremely hard against really good competition. Uh, I think Garrett's definitely uh, in, on the short list for uh, potential candidates there. Uh, on the boys' side, like I said, Jeff Mandrell certainly in the running. Uh, Kevin Roy over at Monticello. Um, it feels like he has had so many good teams over the years. This might be one of his best, though. Um, that, that team, I think, legitimately has a chance to make some noise in the 2A postseason. All right, Monticello uh, involved in the state rankings, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, the next poll comes out, what, uh, tomorrow, does Wednesday. it? On um, Wednesday. Yep, we All do right. Wednesdays. Uh, Colin is a voter in that. And... Uh, uh, we got a few teams making some noise. We, we do. We don't have as many as I think we've had in previous seasons, really. Monticello boys are one of those. Uh, Tri-Counties girls, Salt Forks girls, uh, Prairie Central's boys, uh, Tuscola's boys. 
Uh, those are kind of the big ones at this point. So uh, we need some more. Here, here's the thing that's happening. All of our local teams are beating each other up, so they can't get ranked. This is this is the problem. They, somebody needs to let one team just win all the games so they can be number one. I, I don't actively encourage that. I'm just pointing it out. All right, Colin was courtside today at State Farm Center for an awesome atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Here's my last question for you, Colin. Okay. What's the closest atmosphere you've seen so far this season in the high school ranks? Oh, Maybe compared to something like that. Yeah, that's, I mean, nothing compares to what you saw at State Farm Center today. Uh, and that's not to diminish the, the high school programs. I've seen so many great student sections that uh, work really hard to fire up uh, fire up people. But, uh, you know, there's there's limitations on fans at certain venues, especially our bigger school venues around here. Uh, you know, that Central Centennial boys game that happened recently, as well as the girls game that happened uh, before the new year, both had rabid student sections going on. I think those two games were absolutely fantastic. And uh, I know there's going to be some games at the Verm County Tournament where uh, the fans definitely have an impact on the game. All right, Colin Likas, uh, if you see him there this uh, weekend, say hi to him. He might uh, buy you a hot dog. That's kind of a standing <laughs> offer, right? You well, say something nice about Colin, yeah. he'll treat you to the concession stand. You know what? Uh, they have a media hospitality room that's second to none over at uh, Palmer Arena during the uh, during the Verm County Tournament. Uh, I usually don't indulge in, in media rooms, which is I don't really have a good reason for it. I feel like I'm like stealing food from people, which it's given to you for free, so I shouldn't feel that way. That's one of the place. That's one of the rooms that I that I hit up kind right. of on principle. All right, let's go uh, girls basketball top 10, uh, which will be in the paper when again, Colin, that'll, so you have a time to change this thing. Yep, that'll be in Thursday's paper. So we got uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday games, uh, mostly Monday, Tuesday. We don't have a lot on Wednesday usually. Uh, that should uh, impact these rankings, could impact these rankings, I should say. But uh, the latest rankings, checking in at number 10. And uh, speaking of the Vermilion County Tournament, the Armstrong Potomac Trojans checking in, I believe, for the first time this season. Trojans are 15-4. and four. They defeated Hoopston area in the first game of the tournament on Saturday. They are facing Westville tonight in another pool play game. And our number nine team this week, it's the Unity Rockets. Rockets are playing well under Dave Ellers, uh, sitting at 16-4. and four. They've won each of their last five games, including a 37-8 win over Rantoul on Thursday. They are hosting Bloomington Central Catholic tonight in what should be a good game. And our number eight team this week, sticking with the Illini Prairie Conference, it's the Prairie Central Hawks. 14-6 and six are the Hawks, winners of their last two games. They are at Monticello tonight for a conference game. Our number seven team this week, yet again in the Illini Prairie Conference, it is the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans. Heard from Ashlyn Lannert and Peyton, Peyton Jacob of that team earlier. Spartans lost uh, their first game in their last six tries to Mattoon on Saturday. They are visiting St. Thomas More tonight for an Illini Prairie game. Our number six team this week going to a different conference, the Vermilion Valley Conference, the Watsika Warriors. Watsika is 16-2, has won each of its last six games. They are going to be hosting Paxton Buckley Loda tonight. It's an interesting time of the year for some of these teams because uh, in the Vermilion Valley Conference, not all those teams play in the Vermilion County Tournament. Watsika obviously is not in Vermilion County. Iroquois West, Cisna Park, Milford, uh, Chrisman. Yeah, so uh, th- those teams have to go find other games. Uh, that's certainly an interesting scheduling quirk this time of year. And our number five team this week is playing in the Vermilion County Tournament. It's the Salt Fork Storm. The defensive-minded Storm are setting at 14-5, and five, and they are hosting, or I should say they are facing, Georgetown Ridge Farm tonight in a Vermilion County game. That title game at the girls' Vermilion County Tournament mm-hmm. is Friday night, yes, correct? Yes, and the okay. boys is Saturday okay. night. That Good. is correct. And our number four team this week, I uh, just mentioned the Clinton Maroons a little bit ago. They check in at number four, coming off a win over Illini Central over the weekend. They moved to 20-4, and four, first local team to get to 20 wins this season. They'll try to make it 21 on Wednesday at Moroa Forsyth. Our number three team this week, it's the Tri-County Titans, ranked in the Class 1A poll by the Associated Press Voters. Tri-County is 16-3, and three, winners of its last three games. They'll try to make it four when they face Decatur Lutheran tonight in the Lincoln Prairie Conference Tournament. Our number two team this week, it's the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs. Bulldogs dropped out of that top spot last week. Going to try to fight back into it, though. They defeated Springfield Sacred Heart Griffin on Thursday and are going to be hosting a really good Lincoln team tonight. Had a, f- a few fans asked me how they how they can get back to number one. I told them just trust Colin, trust the process. Just uh, as... Uh, 
Um, name is escaping me, as the former Raiders owner would say, just win, baby. Uh, the name? Davis. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. My brain is scrambled. Our number one team this week, though, is the Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond Knights. They are 18-1, and one, have won each of their last nine games. They're going to try to make it 10 when they face Villa Grove tonight in the Lincoln Prairie Conference Tournament. Arthur is the number one seed. Tri-County is the number two. That could be a really fun conference tournament final later this week. All right, good stuff, Colin. Uh, later in the show, of course, we'll go with an athlete of the week. Let's give the it's a hint. It's a girl this week. Yep, I gave I gave the hint at the top of the show it was Champaign County. Well, whose team is in the top ten? Let's <laughs> go with that. And she might write for High School Confidential. So oh. if uh, loyal readers of your Friday print editions may may know who we're talking about. If, if she's listening to the show right now, she'll probably know who she is by the time we're done giving hints. She can't guess. That's illegal. <laughs> Actually, she's probably preparing for a basketball game, so she's probably not listening to the show right now. <laughs> Good stuff. We have uh, the boys' top ten uh, coming later in the show, but we got uh, we got a boys' basketball coach, uh, Jeff Mandrell, uh, coming up after this break. Is that right, Colin? Absolutely. And we'll also hear from Judah Christian, boys' coach Bill Ipson, and uh, unveil those boys basketball top 10 rankings and our latest athlete of the week. So let's take our next break and stay tuned for more U of I prep basketball confidential. You're listening to the U of I army ROTC high school prep basketball confidential show on news talk, 1400 and 93, nine FM and light rock 97, five. 631. Welcome back to the U of I ROTC prep basketball confidential radio show. I'm Colin Likas with Jim Rosso and Dave Leak, and glad to add a fourth member to that group here right now. Let's jump into an interview with Oakwood boys basketball coach Jeff Mandrell, whose team currently is on a four-game win streak heading into a Tuesday game in the Vermilion County Tournament. Jeff, thanks so much for being part of the show tonight. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, your guys, uh, I know this is the second time I've had you on the show this season. Your guys are just keeping rolling along. Like I said, five-game win streak sitting at 16-4. and four. Uh, How are you guys feeling leading into the county tournament where you guys have the number one overall seed and what's a pretty loaded boys field? Right. It, um, you know, we're confident if we play well, we can compete. But uh, there are a few other good teams and, and you know, even the teams with the lower seeds are, are uh, tough, you know, there have been some upsets and, and uh, you know, we'll have to be ready to play, but so far we're happy with how we played. I mean, you have your spots where you feel like you could do better, but we're pleased with where we are. You guys are very tournament battle-tested as well. You know, you uh, you won the Tri-County Tournament uh, back in November, then you guys played in the Toyota of Danville Classic at St. Joe. And uh, the one I want to talk with you about is the Monticello Holiday Hoopla, in which you guys finished 2-2 two and two in another really loaded field. Wins over Ridgeview and Gibson City, losses to Tuscola and Paxton. How much are you crediting that tournament, specifically the Holiday Hoopla, for what your guys have accomplished ever since then, which has been uh, three wins in a row since the end of the Hoopla? I think it helps us a lot. I think you, you learn what you need to improve and uh, you know you, you can't hide anything there because you'll always play one or two teams who expose any weaknesses you have and so uh, i think you, you may learn the hard way sometimes but uh, it helps us a lot and you are still i would say relatively new to, as compared to some other coaches anyway to the vermilion county tournament being with oakwood for the last few seasons what have you really learned about this tournament uh, early on in your in your tenure with Oakwood? I know last season there was no tournament, but what have you learned about this tournament uh, in your time with the program and the importance of of this tournament to the people of the Oakwood community as well as just Vermilion County in general? It's a term of great tradition, and uh, there's just a lot of pride in winning it and, and competing, and uh, the kids are playing in front of some of their friends and relatives and other schools so the spotlight is on and um, so it does mean a lot locally and uh, you know you want to play as well as you can and just looking at your guys's lineup uh, you guys being the one seed that means you fall into the pool that has three teams versus the other pool that has four teams you guys were the only boys team who didn't get to play in the opener on Saturday in the opening day of pool play on Saturday do you feel that gives your guys an advantage going into the Tuesday-Thursday games? Uh, does it give you a, a disadvantage having not been on the floor yet? What are your thoughts on, on getting one fewer pool play game? 
I try not to focus on it too much, but it's not bad playing on Saturday. And uh, we played last Tuesday and we did not play Friday. So, uh, you know, we do go a week between games, so you always have a little concern with that. But, uh, you know, we're able, we were able to practice and kind of rest a little bit here and there. So, uh, you know, hopefully it'll end up being a good thing for us. Talking with Jeff Mandrell, Oakwood boys basketball coach. Always, as always, wanting to highlight some of the guys on your team. I know we had Dalton Hobbick in here uh, not too long ago as one of our athletes of the week. He was uh, one of the the guys on kind of the backup list uh, as we uh, tried to the backlog, I should say, as we tried to clear out all the the athletes who had been athlete of the week for the previous three weeks during the holiday. Uh, but uh, he's just continued to have an increasingly strong junior season for you. What have you seen that's allowed him to kind of stuff the stat sheet, fill up the, the point totals here as these games have gone on? He plays with a lot of confidence. Um, he, he sometimes probably passes up shots. He leads us in assists. So uh, it's good when you have a kid who can score and uh, kind of be a go-to player in clutch situations, but he also passes the ball. So uh, and I think his quickness is, is something that's really big for him because he has a lot of deflections and steals and sometimes gets some easy baskets that way. And uh, one other junior I wanted to highlight who I don't think we, we've talked nearly as much about in general, but I know he's shown up on the score sheet more and more, uh, is Tanner Pashan, uh, who uh, he's typically not the leading scorer, but he just seems like somebody who provides you guys with uh, the points when you need them. He gives you guys just a little a little extra boost to go with uh, to go with guys like Josh Young and Grant Powell and um, and uh, Dalton as well. Uh, do you kind of feel that way about Tanner? Right. He's one of those players at times I've thought I need to play him more. <laughs> and uh, so we, he's kind of worked into a whole um, seven-man rotation for us. But he's a big, strong kid, but he can make the three. Uh, he can post up. And uh, he has. He's given us a boost uh, when we've had players in foul trouble. And he's uh, been able to give us some offensive production. And just thinking about the fact we didn't have a Vermilion County tournament last season, uh, you know the guys who are who are juniors this year maybe don't really have any Vermilion County tournament experience, and the guys who are seniors and and you don't have a ton of seniors on this team are kind of the only ones who maybe have a ton of significant Vermilion County experience. So what what's that like for you guys? What's that experience level like among this group? And, and how do you maybe adjust for or prepare for that, uh, knowing some of these guys maybe don't have the tournament experience that they, they normally would? Yeah, we've talked a little bit about the, the shooting background being different. Most of the kids have been in the arena, but like you said, uh, uh, experience as far as playing in the tournament, there isn't much. So uh, we've talked about it, and then they uh, kind of talk with their friends, and you know they know the importance of it. So uh, just uh, we'll see what happens when they actually get out there. And uh, mentioned before, you guys being the one seed in the same pool with Georgetown Ridge Farm and Westville. Like you mentioned, there's going to be upsets. Westville is the sixth seed. Already beat Georgetown Ridge Farm, the fourth seed, on Saturday, so got off to an upset start. Uh, looking at the just the top three seeds for starters, Oakwood and then Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, Alvin at the two seed and Salt Fork at the three seed. Uh, it just feels like, uh, not to diminish the other four teams, but those three teams, it just feels like there there's going to be a lot of good battles there uh, among those three teams. How, how do you feel about uh, the way that might shake out? Is, is there anyone you're especially looking forward to maybe seeing during the, the crossover game on Saturday? Oh, you know, we'll, we want to get to the championship and then we'll play whoever gets there. But you're right, as far as Bismarck's always tough and Salt Fork's always good. And they, uh, you know, usually play good defense. They're really patient and they're hard to play against. So, uh, you know, those are some quality teams. They've had some good games and, and beaten some good teams. And it's just a matter of who's playing well at the right time. And then one other thing I wanted to bring up with you over at uh, Palmer Arena, I noticed from some photos on Saturday that they didn't take down the uh, the hockey uh, boards uh, as they typically do, at least the hockey glass, I should say. The boards have always been up, but the hockey glass 
Uh, it's kind of kind of a cool look around a basketball uh, court, I would guess. Uh, you've probably not seen that too many times as a coach. No, um, yeah, I heard about that today. Actually, they said they haven't taken the last hand. They also told me it's a little colder than usual. <laughs> it's usually kind of cold on the floor, so I can't imagine it would be too much colder. But uh, yeah, it, it really is a unique environment, and it's uh, it's fun. It's different, and uh, you know, you just try to make the most of it. Oakwood boys basketball coach Jeff Mandrell. You can catch his team tomorrow night. They've got the 8 p.m. tip against Westville. Also going to face Georgetown Ridge Farm at 6.30 on Thursday to close pool play. Jeff, thanks again for being part of the show, and uh, good luck during the tournament. Thank you. And we're going to take our final break of the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential Radio Show. When we come back, we're going to stick with the boys basketball realm, chat with Judah Christian coach Bill Ipson. This week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. 6.42, Jim Rosso, Colin Likas, Dave Leak. It's great to get Bill Ipsen on the on the show because, yeah. Colin, you got a, maybe an unfortunate story, kind of a <laughs> – I'd like to congratulate Coach because he yeah. had a big milestone over the weekend. I just didn't read it in my the pages of the news. <laughs> yeah, it's going like, to get it's gonna get added to the uh, the online prep highlights file from Saturday. So before we bring Bill on the air, um, so here's, here's what happened. Judah Christian played uh, Heritage in boys basketball on Saturday, and uh, Judah Christian won the game. Heritage's coach sent in the box – box score first so i opened mm-hmm. it up it had everything in it points for both teams great we're good judah christian sends in the box afterward i say i've already got it all done and i just mark the email as red and uh just actually open the email now and uh bill ipson won his 400th game which Let's heritage's go. coach cer- certainly didn't put in his email because I'm, I'm sure he didn't know uh why would he um and so now i'm going to bring in bill ipson who i'm going to congratulate on his 400th career win and also apologize for not getting that in the paper bill thanks for being part of the show tonight oh no problem colin thank you for inviting me and uh yeah it was uh it was uh, a a good day i guess <laughs> is it something you knew was on the horizon or did somebody have to uh to inform you remind you that the hey you, you got a big milestone coming up here yeah, we we kind of looked at it, you know, when you when you do those preview um questions and whatever and I kind of started looking at it and and uh it was it was kind of, you know, last year was we only played 8 games mm-hmm. last year. Um, you know, so um it was kind of on the radar a couple of years ago and then and then um you know, it was 10 away and then starting out the year I was 5 away, so um Kind of, kind of knew uh, and hoping it, it would hope happen this year. Well, uh, what was that moment like for you? Because you've obviously had a lot of coaching milestones throughout your career, getting to 400 wins. But just knowing that you've you've been in this game long enough, you've coached well enough, had the right kids, the right combinations to to win 400 games. That's got to have a lot of meaning for you as a, as a coach and a leader of young people. Yeah, and it it was uh, a pretty good uh, feeling. You know, it, it, my son is on the team. He's a sophomore. Um, doesn't play much or whatever in varsity level yet, and and uh, he actually got his first varsity points. And so it was it was it was a a pretty uh, cool game for for me to be a part. Awesome, fantastic. And uh, at the beginning of the season, I mean, this has just been a a wild season for you guys. You mentioned only playing eight games during the pandemic-shortened season last year. Uh, You guys barely played more than that this year because of COVID issues. You started off one and five, now sitting at five and five. It just seems like this team just needed some some time and some actual repetitions together in order to click, and now things are coming together. Yeah, we. I mean, we we do start two freshmen. Aiden Beck and and Tucker Bailey, you know, and it, it and from to go from eighth grade to varsity basketball is a pretty big jump, and uh, I think they found that out in the Thanksgiving tournament, and and uh, you know I think it motivated them in that, and and we were missing a couple people at, at Thanksgiving, and but um, yeah, I mean once we got everybody back and 
and doing the things that we needed to do, I, I think we're uh, we're on the right track for sure. Well, this uh, four-game win streak you guys are on started all the way back on December 7th with a pretty significant win over Salt Fork, and then you've uh, won three games this month as well. Uh, in addition to you know getting those freshmen those, those additional reps at the varsity level, what have you seen come together just for this group as a whole that's that's allowed for this good run of success? Yeah, I mean, you know, we also have a couple seniors in Evan Payan and, and uh, Garrett Casper who have, you know, last year they kind of led us in scoring and three-point shooting and, and uh, you know, they, they've kind of taken the, the younger guys under their wing and Joey Limitado too and, and kind of taught them, okay, this is kind of defensively what coach needs us to do. Um, and they've trusted them to get them the ball, and, and uh, they've sacrificed a few of their points to get those younger kids um, some shots that, that they've knocked down. So um, really proud of those older kids to kind of help the younger kids along. Talking with Judah Christian, boys basketball coach Bill Ipson. Yeah, you, you've you've highlighted some of these players. I want to take a deeper dive into those those freshmen you mentioned, especially Aiden Beck. We've already had him as one of our uh, athletes of the week for the uh, Print News Gazette as a freshman. And uh, just listening to him talk about basketball when we spoke over the phone sounds kind of wise beyond his years as far as basketball goes. Did you know what you were getting with him and also with the the fellow freshmen Tucker Bailey and Josiah Brown who have also been contributing quite a bit to this team? Oh, for sure. And, you know, it, it helps that DeLandis Beck, uh, Aiden's father, is, is our JV coach too. So he was the JV coach last year. And, and uh, you know, so it helps being the coach's son and, and uh, having a – a good base and knowledge and, and, you know, he plays year round and, and just loves the game of basketball. Uh, considering how young this team is, I, I don't know what your expectations were for this season, but to see them just already racking up some, some convincing varsity wins. I, I know you're concerned about this season right now and, and having success this season, but how excited does this make you for the future? Knowing how many of these guys are going to be coming back for at least one season, if not two or three after this. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, um, you know, a couple of years ago, we, we had a really good team um, and three years ago, really good. And uh, now it, it seems like kind of these guys are going to maybe even get to that level or, or maybe even beyond if they keep working and, and doing the right things. And for you as a coach, you know, you mentioned the Tri-County Turkey Tournament you guys played in in November. I'm sure you were looking forward to getting these guys some uh, repetitions, excuse me, in the BSN Classic over at Bismarck in December. Unfortunately, had to pull out of that tournament. What do you do as a coach to try and make up, I guess, for that, that those lost hours, those the lost time? Obviously, you can't, you know, replicate the games, but you want to try and do something in order to make sure the kids are still learning and growing. So for you as a coach, what has that challenge been like? Uh, it, it was very challenging. You know, we we have 18 people in our program, 18 players, and, and 10 of them are freshmen. But, you know, the JV has been able to push and, and do some pretty good things in practice against our varsity, which, which you know, obviously helps. Um, you know, push the varsity kids and try to make it competitive as we can in practice, whether it be a rebound drill or a, um, anything, just uh, diving for loose balls or, or taking charges. Whatever we can do to make it competitive is uh, is key, especially when you don't get that on court or on game experience. You know. And then looking forward, uh, you guys have a couple road games coming up in the East Central Illinois Conference. You're going to be at Arthur Christian tomorrow, also at Decatur Christian soon. What are you looking for from these guys, from for those two games specifically, as you really get into the heart of the conference schedule? Yeah, Arthur O'Call Christian and definitely Cornerstone is, is uh, two of the top teams with Calvary. So, um you know, it, luckily Cornerstone is uh, a home game for us, um, but the other two are on the road. So those, those are definitely um, obstacles, and, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll get out there and compete and 
and uh, see where it goes. And I'm uh, asking you to look a little bit ahead here, but just knowing, uh, again, that this team's got some young guys who would really benefit from more and more experience, how much are you looking forward to the fact that there will be a postseason again, unlike what happened last year? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, uh, um, yeah, I mean, you are subsectional 16 teams, um, so there's, it's going to be a full eight teams in each regional. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I and obviously we're a ways away from that, but, um, you know, I, I, I kind of – looking forward i think we could be very competitive in that in that regional wherever we get sent bill ipson judah christian boys basketball coach you can catch his team tomorrow night at arthur christian in an ecic game going for career win number 401 bill thanks again for being part of the show and good luck to you and the boys the rest of the season all right thank you colin Thinking the the least you can do for Bill and the tribe is to put him in your top ten, Colin. You think so? Right, at least this week. <laughs> I can might. You, I, I might. I, I probably should do that uh, <laughs> based on based on the mistake. But uh, uh, you know, it's written on the paper. Mm-hmm. I don't have a pen, and uh, I'm not smart enough to just riff uh, ad lib, riff whatever you want to say. So I got to go with the top ten that I have mm. written down already. Mm. All right. But I appreciate you making the case. <clears throat> sure. Let's go ahead and unveil that latest boys basketball top 10. Uh, You'll see a possibly updated version of this in Thursday's News Gazette. Possibly not if everybody just keeps winning. Our number 10 team this week, it's the Bismarck-Henning-Rossville Alvin Blue Devils. They are 14-7, opened up the Vermilion County Tournament with a win over Hoopston area on Saturday. They're going to be facing Armstrong Potomac in the tournament on Tuesday. You know what top 10 Judah might make in my world? What do you got? They're gym. Top yeah. 10 gym. I like it. I know it it's got one gym. side. It's got a stage on the other, but it's relatively new and clean mm-hmm. and brit and brightly lit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been there uh, for some games. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it is it is a nice, clean gym, and the kids really get into the games, right. too. There you go. Our number nine team this week, it's the Sarah Gordo Bement Broncos. Sarah Gordo coming off that aforementioned loss to Taylorville, sitting at 15-3 and three on the season. Good test for them tonight. They're going to be at Tuscola in a top 10 matchup. You know, Judah, another top 10 they might make? What's uh, up? Cool birthday gifts in uh, Friday's High School Confidential. You're going to read about a Judah freshman who bought the entire student body Kona ice for his birthday. Oh, that's really awesome. That's he, a top 10. Did he rent the truck out? I don't know. <laughs> that's amazing. Let's, uh, I, I'm looking forward to hearing All about right. that. Our number eight team this week is the Centennial Chargers. Centennial sitting at 9-8, and eight, picked up a win over Morton during the Morton shootout, so good win for them. Also beat Champaign Central last week in a rivalry game. Centennial is going to be at Danville in another rivalry game this week. It'll be uh, Trey Warren, Athlete of the Week, mm-hmm. uh, has his plaque. Good to see. Absolutely. All right. They're also going to be at Normal U High on Saturday, so good back-to-back matchups there at Danville and uh, Normal U High Friday-Saturday for Centennial. And our number seven team this week is the Oakwood Comets. You just heard from Coach Jeff Mandrell a little bit ago. Oakwood is 16-4 and four on a five-game win streak heading into its Vermilion County Tournament opener on Tuesday against Westville. How about this from Oakwood today, Colin? You retweeted this, so you know yep. a lot of Oakwood folks went down to uh, EIU to watch Murray State and uh, EIU play women's basketball, where Caitlin Young, former Oakwood star, former All-Area stud, yeah. played. Yeah. She's a, she is a stud, absolutely, for uh, the racers now. she uh, I think she was like a million-time freshman of the year her first season with the program, and she's still winning more conference accolades as we speak. Pretty impressive to see. Our number six team this week, jumping back to the top ten, is the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans. Spartans have had a little bit of a skid, lost four of their last five games. They'll try to get right on Tuesday at Prairie Central. That should be a good game. And our number five team this week, it's the Iroquois West Raiders. Iroquois West just keeps winning. They are 15-2 and two after a win over Hersher. They are going to try to extend their win streak to seven games when they visit Gardner South Wilmington on Tuesday. And our number four team this week, it's the Prairie Central Hawks. Prairie Central's 15-3 and three winners of its last three games, including a victory over Rantoul on Friday. They will be hosting St. Joseph Ogden on Tuesday. Our number three team this week, it's the Unity Rockets. Unity is 12-4, and four, defeated Knoxville to end a two-game skid. 
and they will be hosting St. Thomas More on Tuesday in an Illini Prairie game. The team they lost to last week in PBL, I don't see them in your top ten. They are very close. Okay, just checking. Yeah, Paxton's playing uh, very well right now, and they're right on the edge for sure. Our number two team this week, it's the Tuscola Warriors. They are 14-3 and on the season, and they are going to be hosting Cerro Gordo Bement tonight in what should be a really good non-conference game. Mm. And our number one team this week, it's the Monticello Sages. Sticking at the number one spot, Monticello is 18-1 and on the season, defeated Bloomington Central Catholic by 10 points on Friday. They are going to go to Stanford on Tuesday to face Olympia. All right, you talked about the Sages' excellence, and mm-hmm. it's been a, a multi-year run here. There must be something uh, right with their youth programs uh, in Piatt County. Yeah, I would say so. The uh, the, the coaching and the the, uh, the teaching that goes on over there, uh, leadership, I think, uh, really helps uh, from Kevin Roy on down. Obviously, you got coaches at lower levels as well. And uh, the kids over there are really committed to uh, their multi-sport excellence as well. You know, uh, I, I had some Monticello basketball players on the show previously, and uh, I think we mentioned that uh, most of the kids on that team are at least two-sport, if not three-sport athletes. You can see that paying dividends as the season goes on. All right, we're about to do our Athlete of the Week. I hope you picked up last Friday's paper. There were three Athletes of the Week featured in That's our right. print editions. We played catch-up. Yes. Yeah. We had uh, we had uh, some uh, holiday mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. We had some, uh, some COVID stuff on the outside world. So uh, thankfully we were able to get... Addie McLeod, Dalton Hobbick, and Alexa Jamison in here. Going to have Ethan Mock-Chi from Uni High in here on Wednesday to accept his award. And then next Wednesday, drumroll, we are going to have Unity's Maddie Reed come in to receive Athlete of the Week. She was a big reason that the Rockets won two games last week. The leading scorer in both games, including mm. a game in which she had five three-pointers. Maddie Reed going to play softball, is that right? I believe that in, is uh, correct. college, perhaps at Parkland. That's right. I do believe. Love seeing those uh, two-sport athletes, or in her case, probably three sports, because mm-hmm. she plays volleyball as well. She does. And uh, I love uh, a lot of coaches will say, hey, that's a good mm-hmm. to uh, branch out and uh, play different sports. Yeah, coaches really like that, to be sure. Uh, I haven't met a coach who, uh, at the high school level anyway, who says, no, I hate when my when my athletes play multiple sports. No, they're, mm-hmm. they're all on board for that. But, uh, yeah, Maddie Reed, congrats to her. Uh, they are going to be playing uh, against Bloomington Central Catholic tonight. We'll see if she drops another double-digit performance and maybe adds to her Athlete of the Week excellence. All right, she's going to get a cool plaque from the UIROTC folks who will uh, deliver it to her. They're making it right now probably in their, yeah. their secret uh, the room. lasers. <laughs> where the lasers are We also involved. have James Bond strapped to a, to a table in there as well. That's a reference that nobody who's currently in high school will get, but uh, that's that's okay. All right, Colin. Well, I appreciate your uh, long day uh, today covering Illinois uh, basketball. You'll read all of that coverage in tomorrow. Plus, Colin's going to double dip and write a little about high schools too. Absolutely, and uh, hopefully I can do the high school coverage as much justice as the, the Illinois coverage. Mm, well, good stuff. Um, no coaches show after <laughs> this, so uh, the podcast, this will be available soon tonight. Uh, Colin? Uh, that's all I got for you, Dave. Thank you for welcoming me back with style. Sounds good. From the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential, Colin Likas, good night.